Let's call this meeting to order. With me today, I have none other than Tim Creamer, our Executive Director of the New York State School Boards Association. So welcome, Tim. We're so glad to have you with us today. Thank you, Darcy. I, um, I know that many of you know that Tim is retiring at the end of the year, and I wanted to pull some pearls of wisdom from Tim before he departs about what it takes to be a good board member. And I know Tim would be really happy to share his experience with us. So I want to open up the conversation a little bit. So from Tim, your experience, from your experience, can you share with us your thoughts on how do we invest in, say, that new board member in their first year of service? What can fellow board members do to help them along, or what might the board president provide or superintendent provide as they navigate their first year? You know, Darcy, you and I have probably seen both really good introduction or onboarding or orientation programs and some that were non-existent. I know that uh, after a, a tough election campaign there might be some raw feelings and so sometimes that newly elected person, that board member elect, is not really embraced. They're not given that opportunity even by the superintendent or the clerk or certainly fellow board members. That's a mistake. Yeah, You really do need to recognize that these people were elected, they're going to be here, let's make the best of this, and give them an opportunity to become a part of the team. Uh, I think we have, at New York State School Board Association, some great tools mm -hmm. for orientation of new school board members. One of the things I'm really proud of is this publication that we put together called the Blueprint for Better School Board Operating Procedures. And it seems to me that'd be something you want to give to a newly elected school board member right off the bat because it talks about team communications and board meetings and team development and planning and personnel and it answers a lot of those questions that a new school board member is going to ask no doubt and here they are in writing something that I think could be valuable. Right and I think it really sets the ground rules for how we work on our board and it helps them understand the culture of what it takes. A lot of new board members are really hesitant to ask questions. I hear this all the time from people I'm talking to when we're doing our programs around the state. So getting them comfortable with the rules of the road often helps them ask their questions, helps them be part of the team. Great. If you, if you take a job mm -hmm. uh, with a new organization, you expect to have some onboarding, some orientation program right. that kind of brings you up to speed. <laughs> Any employer is going to do that and hopefully do it right. Why wouldn't we do that when we're going to be relying on people to make these kind of decisions that a school board member has to make? Right, right. I heard this great quote from someone who said, make sure your school board member gets at least a good, as good an orientation as the greeter at the Walmart. <laughs> right? That's right. Right. So I also want to speak to the importance of how we gain ownership in our governance team and build our capacity as a team. Creating that kind of commitment to the work we are doing really puts board board members, uh, pulls them into making good decisions for the right reasons. And when we have that commitment with each other, we can forgive the individual shortcomings of our fellow board members because we know and trust that they are in it for the right reasons. So it's okay if we're an imperfect board member because we have confidence and trust in each other. And we know we'll show up and be diligent in discussing the issue fairly and objectively and making the best decisions on behalf of our kids. So what would be your thoughts in how 
um, we gain commitment for the work that we're doing at the board table? Well, I have done a lot of retreats, way less than you, but I do a lot of facilitate retreats where it's pretty obvious that this board is in a place where they want to get out of. They're, they've got some problems they need to solve. And too often what I've seen is that they just don't have that sense of team. Uh, when I look, think of the attributes that I'm looking for in a board member, and this is kind of a self-check, I need somebody who, is, who thinks cooperatively, who likes to be a member of a team, who likes to work with others, who doesn't think that they have all the answers. They're going to rely on others. I also want somebody who's open-minded. I'm willing to listen to you. you. I might learn something from you. I might not agree at first, but the more I think about it, the more you might persuade me that you've got a better idea than mine. And I need to understand that I, I'm a school board member in probably a pretty diverse community where a lot of people have different beliefs and values, and I need to listen to them. I'm also looking for somebody who's thinking forward, somebody who is looking to where can we be next, not looking into the past, the good old days, those days are gone. I'm sorry. You need to be fi figuring out this is about kids and their future. This isn't about us. We don't want to be the story. Right. And let's focus on what are we doing best for kids. And, of course, being child-centered. I want somebody who's not focusing in on how do I protect a loved one's job right. or how do I somehow push back against this and that. I really want somebody to say, what's right for kids? And so if you have those kind of attributes among your board members, I think you're going to a good starting place. So, you know, I think one of the other most important things as we're looking at um, our service as board members is how we build that relationship with the superintendent. And it's great to have a 10-year savvy superintendent, which we all want to see working with the Board of Education, but uh, a lot of superintendents are, are new um, or they don't come with a great length of tenure into their superintendency. So I know that none of us are, you know, uh, perfect at building that relationship. Sometimes we might overstep our boundaries or our roles. Sometimes we might micromanage or say something that could have used a little more foresight or um, thoughtfulness. But, you know, what is it that really goes into building a solid relationship with the superintendent? What makes or breaks that relationship? Again, this is a decision-making body, and it's a superintendent who is going to bring forward recommendations, and a board is going to deliberate those recommendations and make a decision. And that there's a pattern of communications and sharing of information that needs to be followed if you're really going to do this right. I have been called many times from boards of education telling me, hey, Tim, you got to come out here and fix this board. They're micromanaging. And when I ask, I said, well, let me see your board meeting agenda. And it's all this management information. And I say, what about the information you send to the board in between meetings? And it's all this administrative and operational and management information. And I say, well, what do you expect them to be paying attention to? You keep feeding them all of this management information and then tell them that they, you don't want them to pay attention to it. You're, you're making it sound like that's the most important stuff they could be paying attention to. So what I do when I'm meeting with boards and superintendents and trying to redesign this relationship is to make sure that there's a set of questions, an area that is the purview of the board, and a carved out area that's a purview of the superintendent. And it's an understanding that we're going to go back and forth, but at the end of the day, the questions for the board are, 
what are we trying to accomplish with this particular program, this issue? What, what's our, to what end? What's the end game here? The what question. Why? Why is, what's our rationale for deciding what we determine is our priority, our, our end game on this one? How much in the way of resources are we willing to, de- to devote to accomplishing our mission? And what is our level of expectation for success? How well are we doing? So what, why, how much, how well are questions that I would say are those of the board. On the other side of it is how, when, where, and by whom. Those are the superintendent's questions. And if we have an understanding that we start with the board in what and why, we move over to the superintendent of how, we come back to the board and say, do we get it right? Does this recommendation make sense? Can you afford it? Is it in the budget? And determinations are made that yes, and then the superintendent deals with the when, where, and by whom. And that by whom is the big one, because a lot of people want to get all into this personnel questions. And honestly, and I have to be very frank with boards of education, that's not your job. Your job is to allow the superintendent to do his or her job. He, she needs to allow you to do your job. But if you can do those together, it can mesh those responsibilities and understand on what side of the page we're at, you're going to develop a level of trust and you're going to, once you, you trust me to do my job and I trust you to do your job, we're going to do great things together. You know, Darcy, we have these charts that show the responsibilities of the board, the superintendent, and I have a second chart that kind of shows the flow of decision making. And I use those as, as, as we exercise, we look at an issue and kind of walk through it and show how the board's role in that issue and the superintendent's role in deciding that issue come together. Uh, people have told me that they've taken those issue, those uh, charts, blown them up, poster size, <laughs> had them laminated, put them on the walls. Right. One district has them as placemats at the board table. And they are constantly saying, are we on the what side of the page or the how side of the page? And where are we supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And they use that kind of visual to understand that this is a cooperative adventure here for us. And we need to be working together, but we've got to be doing this in a linear fashion. You can't just jump in on one side and say, we're all going to do the superintendent's job without the board having done its what and why responsibility. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, I, 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 right. I think we should probably blow those up and make them available yeah. to all boards. Yeah, I think that would be a great idea. Well, we're out of time for this broadcast of our President's Gavel. I want to thank you, Tim, for offering us some of your thoughts and pearls of wisdom with us today about how to be great board members. Um, I really want to wish you the best of luck uh, in your retirement and your journey forward and what you'll be doing next. I know you'll be great at whatever you do. Thank you, Darcy. I am so proud of the work that you're doing as well. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. And don't forget to send us your thoughts or questions to thepresidentsgavel at nisba.org. Thank you for listening. And this meeting is now adjourned.